Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So hello and welcome to the Eurotrip. We are back. It is a Wednesday. We always say it. Lovely to have you with us. Because now all eyes are on Rotterdam. That's right. We are, James, we are rested and we're ready to go. We certainly are. Rested, recuperated, raring to go for Eurovision 2021 taking place in Rotterdam this May. Rob, you've clearly done the maths. How many days is it until Eurovision 2021? Yeah, we should have looked this up before we start recording, shouldn't we? Uh, So we're currently recording on Monday, uh, as we like to. Again, just a little trade secret for you listening. Uh, So from today, uh, 58 days to go until semi-final number one. So if you're listening on Wednesday, which is when the podcast comes out. So yeah, today, if today's Wednesday, this is all very confusing. 56 days to go till semi-final one. It's not long to go. We, as we say, we are now going to step it up a gear to start to look ahead to Eurovision 2021. We've taken you through the off period last summer and last autumn. We've taken you through national final season with loads of fantastic guests that you wouldn't have heard anywhere else. But now it's all eyes on Rotterdam. That's right. We've been with you every step of the way. What is it people say if you've been with if you've been with them at their worst, you deserve them at their best? Or what is it? Something like that? Uh, it, that's definitely not the phrase, but I know what you mean. What you're trying to say is something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> I think this very well could be us at our worst. Anyway, <laughs> I take it all back. Maybe, maybe duck out now, everybody. Um, I've, I've been, I've been working on something very special. Uh, you have been very used to uh, the same little opener that we play at the start of every podcast since we launched this podcast. Uh, but if, like James's brother, you skip the opener. Because you think you know what you you can expect. No, no, no. Got something very, very special starting from right now. Say those magic words, James. This is the Euro trip. As Jono Lassandro always said, take it away. After Hilversum, Amsterdam and The Hague, the festival is going to make its home in Rotterdam. I really hope that, you know, you will enjoy the show this year. I want to send a message to all the people. Join us on the dark side. 
Let's have a party in Rotterdam. I'm Rambo Amadeus. Hi, my name is Andrus Mamontovas. Hello, my name is Sana Nielsen. I'm Paul Harrington. And I am Charlie McGettigan, believe it or not. I'm Dave Benton, winner of the Eurovision 2001. Hey, I'm Eldar, the winner of Eurovision 2011. Hi, I'm Chris Gilfman. Hi there, my name is Martin Estadal. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, your favourite Eurovision podcast with me, James. Me, Rob. And this week, the first of our 2021 Eurovision artists, Albina from Croatia. That's right, we were lucky enough to have a chat with her as she prepares for her first Eurovision, of course. She wasn't one of the class of 2020, she's one of the new artists heading to Rotterdam this year and... I don't have to lie to her, one of my favourite songs in the contest this year, so it was a pleasure to be able to speak to her. Obviously, I did what I tend to always do with any interview I ever do for this podcast, brought it back to food. And I asked, given that she's going to have to quarantine in her hotel room for a very, very long time when she's out in the Netherlands, what snacks is she going to take with her? Well, maybe um, a Dorina. I don't know if you heard, it's our, you know, local chocolate. <laughs> Uh, maybe some uh, little ice cream, maybe <clears throat> linolada. It's kind of our version of Nutella and it's really tasty. <laughs> it always comes back to food when we talk to Rob. Very quickly, Rob, if you had been in a hotel room in Rotterdam, what would be your snack of choice? I think I'd take a, a, a pork scratching. I don't have them often, but I do enjoy them. You are a disgusting man. Shall we move swiftly on from that? What would you have? I've not thought about it, but it certainly wouldn't be a pork scratching. Fine. Well, if you can't provide me with a decent answer, then I don't think you're in a position to criticise mine. The clock's ticking. What else is on the episode? We are going to be talking to Ben Robertson from the Bet Eurovision podcast about what the Eurovision betting market is looking like at the moment. And we'll also be launching our brand new series as we look ahead to Rotterdam. It's got a great name. Find out what that is later on. Sheila Kammerman, our favourite journalist who lives there, will be back on the podcast and you're listening on Acast, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. That's right. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us here on the Eurotrip podcast. As we've said so many times already, we are gearing up for the 2021 edition of the Eurovision Song Contest. We've got loads to come over the next hour or so, and then loads to come over the next eight weeks also, I'm going to say also because I keep saying eight weeks and I'm not entirely sure how long it is until Eurovision. It's eight-ish, isn't it? I think it might be seven this Saturday. I think I've said eight weeks for the past week, so maybe it is in fact seven weeks to go now. I mean, that's that's nicer. That's a shorter amount of time. That means Rotterdam will be here before we know it. Absolutely. It is getting closer and closer by the day which you would obviously expect because that's how time works. Anyway, (laughs) allow us to look back at the last seven days of uh, the Eurotrip very, very briefly. You were... You, you couldn't see it, listeners, but I just put my uh, just put my head in my hands. <laughs> oh, if somebody else laughed at that joke, then my job here is done. Uh, anyway, we've had loads of reaction, as we always do every single week, to to the last week or so. We, we of course, did the, the selection season after party last week. Or rap party, as we called it, I think. We certainly did. Uh, you get the idea. Uh, but we had loads of messages about that, and of course loads of messages about Rob's fantastic interview with Krista Bjorkman. More on that to come. But we did get a lovely tweet from somebody on Twitter, uh, Matea, 
if you were going to get a tweet anywhere, probably would be on Twitter. Indeed, yeah. Matea, I, I hope that's what you're called. If not, major apologies. Um, in, in response to the fact that Cece said she'll definitely be back in SD Lowell in the future. We'd love to see. Of course, she came uh, second this year. She was runner-up. Uh, and Matea said, as she should, she was robbed this year. Yeah, I mean... We, we like Uku's song here on the podcast, so we wish him very well in Rotterdam. But yeah, Cece as well very much could have had that ticket to the Netherlands, and, and hopefully we will see her back. Have we seen... Yes, we have. I've answered my own question. Have we seen the child of a former Eurovision contestant on the Eurovision stage before? And we're going to see it this year. Why can't I think of the answer to that question? Who, who was it? I'm pretty sure that one of Hurricane is the daughter of uh, Nez or Knez off of Montenegro. You are absolutely right. Yes. We think. Pretty sure that's right. Should we move swiftly on in case people start to fact check us? Yeah, I think we probably should. Uh, James mentioned my interview with Krista Bjortman, which was a delight, uh, by the way. I did that last week. You finally got to hear it on Monday. Uh, Just me, Krista, an hour. Uh, I didn't spot it at the time, but uh, James, you did when you were watching the interview back. Krista sipping from a glass of wine, which was all the more impressive given we did the interview at lunchtime. But (laughs) it was a Friday. The weekend had started early for Krista. I didn't mind. But yeah, great to to get so many brilliant comments. Uh, Luke tweeted us to say, absolutely loved it. Thank you so much. It was a fantastic interview. Uh, Jan Bors, the Czech Republic's former head of delegation at Eurovision, who of course does his own brilliant YouTube series. He said, just on the podcast with Krista and the guys, Eurotrip podcast, awesome work. Congrats. You all should not miss this and the rest of those very interesting interviews. Yeah, don't forget loads of interviews we've done in the past that you can go back and listen to and uh, Stephen Lang also tweeted us to say love the interview at your trip podcast did with Krista Bjortman and here for an American song contest in Vegas yeah that's right Krista Bjortman told us all about the American song contest which uh, we can expect according to him in 2022 which is very very exciting very much be up for a trip to Vegas definitely uh, however it may not be a trip to Vegas but listeners <laughs> In a segue that is up to the usual standard that you can expect on this podcast, we now tell you how you too could get yourself a prize from us. What an intriguing little setup you've done there, Rob, because you seem to be promising quite a lot and knowing you, you are not necessarily going to deliver exactly what you've promised. As the old saying goes, always over promise and under deliver. (laughs) And that is what we will be planning to do on this podcast over the next few weeks. Because right here and now, listen very, very, very intently, everybody. I'm launching the Eurotrips Eurovision 2021 sweepstake. I'm doing it now. I've just, I've just announced it. That was, that was the announcement. Uh, you, you, you all know a sweepstake, I'm sure. If you don't, a sweepstake basically works where uh, we, we get your name, uh, we assign you a random country, and if they win Eurovision, we're going to give you a little prize. And presumably, Rob, uh, judging by previous sweepstakes I have been involved in and subsequently never won, there will be a monetary prize on offer? Not this time, James. Not this time. There will be no money on offer, but we will be offering you some sort of mystery Eurovision memorabilia. And if that isn't enough to get you involved, I don't know what is. Uh, But seriously, though, we'd love you to be involved in the Eurotrips Eurovision sweepstake. James, if somebody's listening and they want in, and why wouldn't they? How do they get involved? 
there's only one way to get involved, isn't there? And that is by emailing us, hello at eurotrippodcast.com, with their name and their Twitter handle. It is as simple as that. And once you've done that, you, my friend, you are in. You are in the Eurotrips Eurovision sweepstake for 2021. And one step closer to a mysterious Eurovision-based memorabilia item. Exciting. I know you're excited. I definitely am. <laughs> but yeah, it's first come, first served. So get your emails in. Uh, please do, as James said, include your Twitter handle because obviously we want to include you on any tweets we do about the Eurotrips Eurovision sweepstake for 2021. And who knows? Who knows who you could get? It'd be very, very exciting, you know, if you got maybe Malta or France or Lithuania. Probably less exciting if you got, who knows, the United Kingdom. Probably not going to win the, the the memorabilia if that's the case, but you can still have fun. Absolutely. Get yourself involved. Hello at EurotripPodcast.com. Your name and your Twitter username. It's as simple as that. Get them in. And while we're on that subject, if you want to get in touch with absolutely anything else to do with the podcast, if you've heard something you've liked recently, or indeed heard something you didn't like recently, feel free to get in touch with us. Send us a long message uh, to that same email address or tweet us with a, with a shorter message. Uh, we are at Eurotrip Podcast over on Twitter as well. And, as the kids say, our DMs, always open. So if you want to send us a message on there, feel free. Uh, But right now, you missed it last week, but it makes a triumphant return this week. It's time for this. That's right, our cheesy news jingle is back after a, a one-week break. I know we had, uh, I think it was uh, hundreds of messages you said, Rob, about people desperate for the news jingle to come back. And, well, we answered your prayers. The news jingle is back, which means one of us is about to round up everything that's happened in the world of the Eurovision Song Contest over the last seven days. I said that very, very quickly. You did. It was almost like you were trying to do the terms and conditions, wasn't it? <laughs> It was like when you get on an advert and they go, yes, no, after seven days, you will not get your money back and uh, you may be charged. <laughs> that sort of vibe. It was nice. I liked it. Uh, you are right, though. Uh, we did get literally ones of messages <laughs> in about the the Eurotrip uh, fun little news jingle that you, you heard there. Uh, but nevertheless, it is time for the very latest news. Uh, James, you'll be giving us your offering Uh, in just a little while. But this makes a very pleasant change, uh, given how ridiculously uh, busy this news roundup was merely two weeks ago. Uh, This is a little bit more chilled, so it shouldn't take me very long. Uh, We will start with the fact that five delegations have been filming their uh, backup live videotapes in Sofia, in Bulgaria. Uh, Those countries are, unsurprisingly, Bulgaria, uh, as well as Cyprus, Malta, Greece and Moldova. Of course, we already know that all the other delegations are currently busy filming their backup performances if they have not already for all the details of all of those. And you can guarantee all of those details will be over on eurovoir.com. Make sure you check them out. Uh, Over to Israel, uh, we're going to get a revamped version of Eden Alen's entry for Rotterdam, Set Me Free. Uh, We may have already had it by the time you are listening to this podcast on the Wednesday, because we know we're going to get it this week at some point, but everyone is very, very excited about that. Uh, Flowrider news klaxon, which is not something we thought we'd be saying 
Is that what we're going to do every time we mention Florida? Wow. Um, I hope if you're listening and, I don't know, you're of a nervous disposition, apologies for anything that just happened there. I'm not going to say the phrase Florida news, you know what, anymore uh, after that. Anyway, uh, some news involving Flo Rida. Uh, he will join Senate if circumstances permit. That's what he says. Uh, will the circumstances permit? And what are the circumstances? Nobody really knows, but hopefully we'll find out nearer the time. Uh, Germany, they're already looking ahead to Eurovision 2022. We haven't even had Eurovision 2021 yet. Uh, they're looking for the 100 jury members that will help choose their artist next year. And of course, a couple of news lines coming from my interview with Krista Bjorkman. On Monday, uh, we found out just how chaotic the Eurovision Song Contest organisation was in 2017. Uh, we found out that there were genuinely times when Krista thought that the contest wouldn't go to air. So if that isn't reason enough to listen back to my interview with Krista, I don't know what is, because those stories about the 2017 contest in Kiev are incredible. Uh, and Krista also told us a little bit more about the US Song Contest, or the American Song Contest, as it will be known. Uh, it's expected to take place in 2022, the final details of which were being signed this week. And potential host cities include Orlando, Tampa, and very excitingly, Las Vegas. He's only gone and done it. There you go. That's the last seven days uh, of Eurovision news rounded up for you by Rob in two minutes, 15 seconds or something like that. I'm not really sure, but he did a good job anyway. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's, as I say, nicer that things are a little bit more chilled. We can just sit back. We can enjoy the songs we've got for 2021 and, and just get excited about this year. Absolutely. And uh, because there's not a great deal of stuff going on that we're used to, there's not the traditional pre-parties that we normally get. So we're not going to see people traveling to London and Amsterdam and, and Israel and all that sort of thing. So it's going to be very, very quiet, I imagine, over the next, what did we say, 50 something days until Rotterdam. I think we've changed that total since the start of the podcast, haven't we? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it, that me and you won't get to do our normal bunk bed sharing in London or or whatever else we could have looked forward to <laughs> ahead of the uh, the London pre-party this year. Oh, it is a shame. It's a, it's a shame when I when I don't get to share a bunk bed with you. It's been a it, it's been a long time. It's not been that long. It was uh 2 years was ago. Oh, no, Two years ago, me and James shared a bunk bed. We're not going to go into why. Uh, <laughs> shared a bunk bed in a youth hostel somewhere in Yorkshire and were awoken early in the morning uh, by the presence of a cat who was attempting to make its way into our room. Uh, now, neither me nor James own a cat, I think it's safe in saying, and didn't really know how to uh, how to deal with said cat. So uh, two men in their 20s just making a lot of loud, panicked noises in the early hours, I think, is then what ensued. Oh, I don't think what the other rooms thought was going on in the uh, in the adjacent rooms uh anyway it's uh it's that time where we've been talking about something totally irrelevant and i've got to segue into something very relevant and i'm not really sure how to do it apart from saying exactly that uh, because one thing that a lot of people will be looking at uh over the next few weeks or so is the betting market for the eurovision song contest but how much should you read into it right now because a lot of course is bound to change between now 
and the semi-finals and the grand final in May. So to find out a little bit more about it, I have had a conversation this week with Ben Robertson, who is a writer over at ESC Insight, but has also very recently started a brand new Eurovision podcast called Bet Eurovision, which looks at the betting markets for the Eurovision Song Contest. So I started off by asking Ben why the likes of Malta and Switzerland are the current favourites to win this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Well, when it comes to putting on who the favourites are, a lot of that is down to actual risk and down to where money goes. If I look at, I put the Betfair exchange up here right now, and I can see there's almost a million pounds that has been matched on the Eurovision win market already. Now, that's going to be many, many more times that by the time we get to the Eurovision final itself. But what is happening at this point are people are putting money in what they think is going to win. And I would say for both Switzerland and Malta, I think the consensus across lots of the people putting the money down who's going to win the song contest already is that they're acts and songs that can hit both sides of the leaderboard. So get points from juries and from televoters. And that's why they're up there. What is it that actually influences the odds? When people are going to go on to the, the Bet Eurovision website or they're going to go on to a onto an online bookmaker and they look at the favourites and they look at the way the odds are changing. What's actually influencing that? Is that people just putting money on and then the bookmakers thinking we need to shorten these odds? Or is there some other inside avenues that the bookmakers are looking at? Generally, um, most of the market moves in the Eurovision Song Contest are down to where money gets placed. Um, because the people who are setting these odds on the whole, they're not going to be Eurovision Song Contest experts. Betting companies don't employ people who are so knowledgeable. They'll have data points. Um, they'll be able to look at the same proxies and trends, you know, YouTube views, Spotify streams, fan polls, as, as we do. But most of the market movement is going to be based on what people put their money on. Um, so you often see a lag in that. So, for example, when both Switzerland and Malta songs came out, there would have been a couple of hours afterwards when people have heard the song, oh, do I like it or not? Okay, I'll put some money on this. And it's that movement that would actually move the odds. It doesn't happen straight away. Not the song comes out, somebody's there from Bet365 listening and going, that's fantastic. I if they are, fantastic. I don't believe that's happening. Um, they will have a process in place that will move odds based on where money is being placed. The way that the money is being placed, you can look at something like San Marino a couple of weeks ago where they were, I imagine, something ridiculously long, like 200 to 1 to win. And then within a matter of hours, they went down to something like 20 to 1. This is purely because people love the song. They thought, I want to take a chance on that. Absolutely. I love the song too, by the way. Um, yeah, I, I was one of those who I, I mean, the, the story goes, somebody else in the Bet Eurovision team messaged me and went, Sam Marino tweeted to one of this bookmaker, what's going on? And I'm there like, and like I've got no idea because there was a leak as well. Like they, we didn't hear about the song officially until that evening. And it was just this absolute chaos moment of get whatever we can. And so you know, scouring the bookmakers for who hadn't moved their odds yet because nobody had placed their money and like got the algorithms to, to trigger it. So you get that movement and there's so many people who've done that. I saw some of the stats about, was it 41% of all bets in one week have been on San Marino? And that's because people are going to be searching to place money on that 
especially when a new song comes out. Um, so you often get, a, you know, as soon as a new song comes out, of course, that's got to move the market a lot. But then the Eurovision Song Contest market, you know, the first bets, I think, I think the first bet of the season, if I remember correctly, because I saw it on Betfair Exchange, it would have been about November time. And it would have been, it was only a few pound on Iceland to win at 8.2, I think was the first bet that came up on the exchange. Uh, but that was back before we heard any of the songs. Give us an idea about why some people may be putting money on countries who haven't selected their songs because I think we see this every year with some of the powerhouses like Sweden for example where they're already in the top 10 or top five of the betting markets before Melfest has even taken place before the song's even been chosen why is it that the likes of Sweden and and other powerhouses are are such big favorites before they've even chosen well it's based on expectation um you are pretty much guaranteed that Sweden no matter what song they sent from Melody Festival Vinyl Final, I go to send something of production quality, of professional quality, of, you know, a number one hit quality, which is what a Melody Festival Vinyl Final invariably always is. So in that sense, you know, a very safe bet would be to put money on Sweden, depending on the odds, of course, at the start of the season, because you're likely going to have something that you can run with all the way through. I mean, Sweden's record in the last decade is staggering for how many times have been in the top 10. Um, unrivaled, in fact. So in that sense, it is very safe. And also Sweden's a country that has in the last 10 years topped a jury vote and topped a televote. How much are we going to see the market move over the, over the next couple of months before we get to Rotterdam? Because we don't have the traditional pre-parties. We don't have the, the traditional uh, period that we would normally have in the run-up to a Eurovision Song Contest. So what will people be looking for? Will they be looking for the artists doing TV performances or the Spotify streams going up? What's actually going to change the market over the next few weeks? You're right. I mean, one of the biggest things this year in particular is going to be any live performance we can see. Usually you would have things such as Eurovision Concert, where the majority of the artists will attend. That means you get to see in an equal setting all the performances, all the performers, and see who has the charisma. It's a very nerve-wracking time, actually, for this Eurovision Song Contest market, because two of the favorites in Malta and Switzerland, we haven't seen them live. We saw Switzerland in an acoustic version just recently, but even that's still not the full package. A music video is a very different kind of thing to a live performance. Um, You've got an extra bit of reason to be conservative this year because there's a chance that we're using all of these backup tapes that are being recorded. And that's going to make a very, very nervous and conservative betting market because we have no idea what they're going to look like. So, Ben, with with your bet Eurovision hat on, with your expertise, with all your stats and facts, what should fans be looking out for? What should they expect over the next few weeks? I'd like to say it's not going to be very much to look out for, but um, I think there's there's going to be... A, and nervousness. I think we've got to look at what scenarios we get. I wonder if there's certain types of songs that will fit better on a, a live in tape performance and certain songs that would fit into an arena, for example, in Rotterdam. Now that's 
that's something I'm not sure what is better otherwise. Um, you know, countries like Norway and Sweden are using their national final performances, basically. Now, I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse for them compared to, you know, compared to the German actors gone to Lithuania to record theirs there. I don't know. I think lots of us don't know. That, for me, is going to be the biggest deciding factor. I can imagine my instinct is something like a song like 10 Years by Danny Freya would suit a more intimate setting. It doesn't need to have the big flashy arena lights to make that work. But at the same time, can an Icelandic delegation put on the kind of show in Iceland that will suffice? There are so many unknowns if we have entered that kind of world. I actually also think as well, the songs that are the favourites, as a general rule, there's about a block of eight of them at the moment that are away from the pack. Most of them appear to me like they would either appeal to one side leaderboard or not. I mentioned Switzerland Malta at the start, but lots of the others are possibly a jury favourite or a televote favourite. And you need something that actually gets both ways through. I wonder right now if actually we may even see a negative correlation between jury and televote this year. Um, and in which case, you know, we talk about a song that can finish second and second in both of them and win it. Maybe you can have something win that could be third and third or even lower than that possibly in the combinations. It feels like that kind of year to me right now. You mentioned you've got to look for a jury favourite, a fan favourite. How about a Ben Robertson favourite? What are you saying? What's your money on right at this moment? Now, hold on. There's two different things there. <laughs> there's the what's my money on and there's the what's my favourite because they're two very different things, let oh, me tell you. Come on then. Give, <laughs> give we both the answers then. All right. My clear favourite personally in this year's Eurovision Song Contest is the song from Russia. I love what that stands for. Um, I love the energy of the performance, and I love the fact that Russia is sending that as well to the song contest. I, if I, I don't like having the, um, the gun put to my head, so to speak, and who's got a wink. It's going to stick with me. But you know what? Based on what I said about needing to score both sides of the leaderboard, there's only one of the favorites that I think is reliable in doing so, and doing so in record numbers has been demonstrated. Um, and that's from Sweden. Voices had a landslide of a televote over here. Um, yes, he's an idol winner, but the numbers go way beyond that. And it's not like it's the kind of song that certainly we in the Melodifestive Island press room were like, oh my goodness, this has to be the one. Mm. We thought it was okay, but it wasn't a standout for us. It's not a song that resonates with many Eurovision fans. It's not top of the fan polls. But I think for the casuals who watch One Night in May, that's the kind of song that I think they might appreciate. And it's so slickly done, even if it's not my taste, I have to respect it. And I expect juries will as well. So based on the value as well, it's, it's a bit further out than Malta is Switzerland at the top. You can probably get on the exchange about 15, 16 and... If I had to tip one right now, I'd tip that as a compromise winner. This is the Euro Trip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. Well, thank you very much to Ben from the Bet Eurovision Podcast for joining us on 
this week's Eurotrip podcast. Uh, we should also say, of course, make sure that if you are going to put a bet on this year's Eurovision Song Contest, make sure you gamble responsibly, only bet within your means. But uh, some really interesting stuff out of that interview with Ben. And uh, I, I would agree, actually. I think we're going to get a different winner of the jury vote and the telly vote. And uh, something in between uh, will we'll probably win the contest. I've been saying that for a while. Yeah, oh, it's going to be very, very exciting. I, I kind of put him on the spot, didn't I, by asking him who he thinks is going to win. But I think he is the perfect man to ask about who is going to win this year. Uh, he's very well placed to guess. Um, can I put you on the spot? Is it is it safe to do so? Can I can I get a can I get a prediction from you, Rob? I think it's too early. I think it's too early. I don't think me and you should be revealing what we think about this year's Eurovision Song Contest just yet. Well. There you go. Maybe maybe we'll guess after the contest. Maybe that's a timely enough time to, to make a prediction. I'll give you a guess at about 10.30pm UK <laughs> time on May the 22nd. How's that? Very clever. Very clever. And even still, you'll probably still get it wrong. Probably. Probably. Uh, but talking of said 2021 Eurovision Song Contest, it is now time for something very exciting. And it is time for this. This is the Eurotrip's Rotterdam Road Trip. Yeah, that's right. Something that is, we stress this, legally different from the Dutch host broadcaster's own road to Rotterdam. That's right. Here we are. Every single week between now and the contest, we are going to be bringing you a special guest from that fair Dutch city that is hosting this year's contest. So every week, we'll be giving you a special insight into life in Rotterdam through the eyes of somebody different. Think of it as your own personal holiday with me and James as your tour guides. Although not really, because we'll be asking the questions and hopefully the other person will be able to give us a far better understanding of what the city of Rotterdam is like, given that it is unlikely that any of us will be visiting this year. But who knows, maybe what we tell you in this feature, viewer trips, Rotterdam road trip, legally different to the road to Rotterdam, uh, will encourage you to visit Rotterdam in the future. So, James, who have we got first up? Well, first up, I don't know why I'm saying this, because you've been doing the interview, but I'll gladly do the legwork for you. We are going to be speaking to friend of the podcast, in fact, Sheila Cameron. Uh, You may remember we spoke to her back in January to find out what the situation was like in the host city of this year's Eurovision Song Contest. And uh, she gives a really good idea about what the Dutch people and what the people of Rotterdam uh, think about Eurovision and what they're looking forward to the most about having the world's biggest music competition in their country, in their city. So we thought, we've got to get her back. That's right. We thought she is the best person we can have for our first guest on the legally different Eurotrips Rotterdam road trip. So I started by asking her what the weather was like right now, although not now, at the time I spoke to her in Rotterdam when I did it on Tuesday, which is actually in the future and I haven't actually recorded it yet, but I have (laughs) because it's Wednesday and you're listening to it now. You get the picture. This is the Eurotrip's Rotterdam Road Trip. Where it's cloudy, it's not raining, it's not very cold, but it's also not very hot. It's in the middle, it's not really nice. But in May, it probably will. How are things at the moment? You know, is the, is the restriction still in place? What, what can you guys do right now? Yeah, the restriction 
restrictions are still in place as they uh, are already for quite some time. Tonight we have a press conference from the, from the prime minister. He will tell us he will tell us what uh, we will uh, we can expect for the for the near future. And um, everybody thinks that the restrictions will be like they are now, or even a little bit more strong. I don't know. We are not allowed to go out after nine o'clock in the evening, except when you are uh, working or you have to uh, to walk with your dog. Um, and all the shops and restaurants and everything is closed, like it's in your place, I guess. Now, on to, on to hopefully, you know, happier news. We know already that there is the, there's the Eurovision countdown clock in Rotterdam yeah. at the moment. I mean, are there any other signs that Eurovision is, is on the way, or is it just the clock at the moment? It's just the clock. It's, so, it's such a pity. Yeah, because I, I knew that I was going to speak with you. So I was looking around and I know because my daughter is a real fan and she, she, because we had this, uh, this song that was released and all, all, when such things happen, then she will tell, tell me and we will hear on the, on the radio, of course. But beside this, on the, in the streets, we don't see anything. It's also because it's not sure, uh, of course, it's sure that the song contest will, will be there, but it's not sure exactly how. How many people are able to come? If everybody can come there, um, uh, yeah. of course not the public. It will be a much smaller amount of people. But we don't know exactly. So probably if that's clear, then people will start being really excited. Now, away from the COVID situation, if, if things were normal right now what would Rotterdam be like at the end of March which is when we're speaking now you know what would things be what what would be going on right now it's it's a it's a you know people start to to go outside and we have a lot of terraces we have this uh, new mass new mass it's a big water it crosses to Rotterdam and everybody walks along the river uh, or not, it's not a river but the water and you know sit outside have beer it's it starts everybody's is going out because it starts you know you hope then it starts to, to be a, a bit a bit a little bit nicer weather so yeah but now it's it's still a bit like this but it's quiet one of the one of the main purposes of of what we're doing now is to give people you know a little bit more of an insight into into the Netherlands and into Rotterdam so i wondered mm -hmm. whether or not there was anything that is particularly dutch that you can talk to us that you guys would normally i don't know potentially eat at this time of year you know it's coming to the end of march is there a traditional dish that you've been cooking for yourself and your family or if you went out for a restaurant that's what you'd find at the moment I'm not so um, so fond of the Dutch uh, food, to tell you the truth. <laughs> no, but we don't have very uh, very tasty food. But in Rotterdam, you can eat whatever you like, and there are so many restaurants. And of course, they are closed now, but they're all open for takeaway. And that's what we, uh, what I do and my kids. Uh, I have grown up kids. Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, teenagers, and we like to. Um, we don't want to cook every day, so we go out and order. And you can get everything. There's also a restaurant walk. You um, you or you you can book this uh, in this different parts of Holland. Uh, sorry, of Rotterdam, also in other cities. And you walk from restaurant to restaurant, and you get a little bit to eat every restaurant. So you see the city and um, and have a nice time and have a nice lunch or dinner. 
Uh, and this I, I, I could, uh, yeah, I tell the people that come to visit here, this is a nice way to see the city and to have also, um, yeah, something nice to eat, something tasty to eat. Rotterdam is a nice city to see. You can walk around. You are free to go out, of course. So walk around and there are these bridges, you know, they are famous uh, even uh, outside Holland. You can see them and uh, cross them and yeah, just it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a city that is worth seeing. You were, you mentioned the takeaways that you've been having and, and you say that Rotterdam, you know, has got whatever food you want. I always like to bring this whole thing back to food. It always happens. So what, uh, what, what would be your number one go-to takeaway? What's, what's the, uh, the big favorite in the Kammerman household? <laughs> we like the pokeball, the pokeball. There are a lot of restaurants that uh, serve this, but it's also because of my kids like this very much. But, um, Let's think, you have the, the Kruiskade. It's not a restaurant, but it's a street. It's in the middle of the city. And there are so many different small restaurants. If you walk just across along the Kruiskade, you will find something you really love to eat. And also you have a very nice time because it looks, you have there everything. It's, uh, it's, it's in the middle of the city and everybody is outside. Also, even now, so that's a good uh, good place to start if you think, okay, I'm here. I, I want to go to eat and have. Uh, I want to have a nice time. Go to the Kruiskade and cross cross the street. Yeah. You've already told us about about the food. I wondered, is there a Dutch word that you can tell us this week? Because I want to give our listeners a little bit more of an education in Dutch. So, is there uh, a word a word that you you think would be useful if they were to visit Rotterdam? You know, it could be just a greeting or or something like that. Well, if you uh, meet somebody in the street, you ask him or her, "Hoe gaat het met jou? Hoe gaat het met jou? It's how are you? That's what I you know. If I meet somebody, then I say, "Hoe gaat het met jou?" So it's very nice if you ask that. You can ask it anyone. <laughs> Let me give it a go. So. Uhatet Majau. Great. Also your G for for Englishman. It's very, very good. I'll, uh, I'll take your word for it, Sheila. But no, that was great. So Uhatet Majau. Uhatet Majau. You're laughing now. It's getting worse, is it, I guess? My pronunciation. No, you're great. You're great. It's good. It's very nice. <laughs> and uh, and Sheila, just before we just before we finish, now we've we've already told the listeners that every week we're going to talk to a, a wonderful person from your fair city of Rotterdam, uh, and I understand that this is something that you you're going to help us with. I hope. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm going to. Uh, I I am a journalist, so I have a lot of colleagues, but also friends, and uh, I will try somebody who, uh, to find that uh, can talk a bit about the city, but also knows maybe to say something about the song contest, that would be nice. So uh, no worries, I will succeed. Brilliant, Sheila, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome, Rob. Nice talking to you. Here we go. This is, this is the Euro Trip. Euro Trip. So a big thanks to Sheila Kammerman for joining us on uh, this week's episode of the Euro Trip. Uh, hopefully, if she did actually join us, because uh, Rob hasn't spoken to her yet, even though now he has. A bit confusing, but hopefully she did join us. Uh, lovely to find out uh, what it's like currently in Rotterdam. Very, very exciting now. We are we are very, very close to this year's Eurovision Song Contest, Rob. Yeah, please, please don't give us another countdown to how many days we are to Eurovision, because I don't think, I don't think our 
brains can cope with any more maths. Because as I say, I think we've given a different answer to that every time we've mentioned it so far in this episode. But yeah, thank you to Sheila for joining me. And don't forget, we will have another legally different Eurotrips Rotterdam road trip next week. Uh, and also, uh, worth a reminder, don't forget the Eurotrips Eurovision 2021 sweepstake is up and running. Please do get in touch if you want your name in the hat for a country and you want to be in the mix for possibly the worst prize in podcasting, some mystery Eurovision memorabilia, make sure you email us, hello at eurotrippodcast.com. But right now, it is time for the first of our big interviews with one of the artists of Eurovision 2021. And very nicely aligned, It's, it's almost as if we're doing this alphabetically. Because in this instance, James, A is for Albina. It absolutely is. I'm quite annoyed because I was about to make the same uh, the same point that we were going to do this alphabetically. And I might as well ask you, if we do end up doing it alphabetically, which we, we probably won't, let's make that clear. But if we did, Rob, who would be second on the list? Who would be joining us? Would it be, week? and I can't quite remember what she's called properly, but would it be the, uh, the, the fabulous artist from Albania? What a very diplomatic way of giving the incorrect answer. It would in fact be from Slovenia, Anna Soklic. Oh, well, maybe. Who knows? A lot can change between now and next week's podcast. Maybe Anna Soklic will be joining us. Maybe. More likely than not, she won't be. <laughs> but uh, but we do know that Albina from Croatia is joining us on the podcast this week. Uh, now, of course, she won Dora 2021 back in February to win the right to represent Croatia. She is not, we've already mentioned, one of the returning artists from 2020. She is a brand new artist for 2021. Uh, She will mention in the interview that, of course, she won The Voice Croatia last year. That's kind of how she found her fame and how she ended up in Dora this year. So she is in the very early stages of her music career. But her song, TikTok, this year is an absolute banger. I am a big fan of this song, and James, I know that you are too. Absolutely, and it has to be said, it's a perfect song title for a song for 2021, isn't it? Because, I mean, I think us two, Rob, are the only two people who do not have the app TikTok on our phones, but everybody else does, and you you say the words TikTok, you know, it's going to stick in people's minds. It is, it is. The kids are going to come running, aren't they? The, the teens are going to come running and then they might be very disappointed to find out it's Croatia's entry at Eurovision and not their favourite social media app. But anyway, we digress. What on earth are we talking about? <laughs> anyway, what we're trying to say is we really, really like the song. And I started by asking Albina from Croatia to give us an insight into what I can only assume is her very, very busy schedule. After me winning Dora... <laughs> It's been a it's been a mess, but in a positive way because you know um, first of all all of this uh, all the interviews all the uh, all all the passes uh, going because uh, it's actually uh, happening because uh, you know uh, I'm doing what I love the most and that is performing and you know doing music it's not that hard for me because uh, uh, first of all. Uh, this, this what I do is what I like so um you know it's not it's not uh it's not a problem it's not a pressure uh, I enjoy it and uh, I can't wait to actually uh, perform uh, on your vision and I can't wait to show the rest of the world what I've been working on and my new music I, I'll, I'll ask you all about this year's Eurovision very very soon but but first 
let's go back. You've always been been keen on performing, haven't you? You've always been into music and and, and that sort of thing. Of course, uh, since I was a little girl, I discovered that uh, passion and that love for music, singing, and actually uh, performing because I love scene in general. Several, for several times, I performed in uh, school musicals and uh, stuff like that. So I've always been in 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 that world. Um, you know what I mean. Uh, I've always had that. Uh, I, I've always had that inside of me, and I, it was just uh, you know um, it was just up to time to see when that talent will be you know discovered widely, and when uh, when I get actually will I get get the chance to kind of you know represent myself and uh kind of uh show my music and uh you know uh to show me as a new artist and i got that chance actually last year on the voice croatia i don't know if you know about that but uh i actually uh i was third uh, in the finals i really didn't expect any any of that uh to happen because i I really kind of uh, applied uh, for the Voice Croatia without expectations. Uh, I had low self confidence, and I wasn't that sure if I'm gonna, you know, pass or not. So uh, actually, that was a great experience for me and a great preparation for what what's coming now. And I wasn't even aware of that. Does the Voice and Dora compare at all? Did the Voice help you prepare for for your performance at Dora? Of course. I mean, Dora was, you know. A bigger step, I would say, because you know, um, I knew that if I win, I I'll get to you know I'll get a chance to represent Croatia on uh, that amazing event and project. Uh, so it was kind of a, maybe a bigger pressure, but uh, nonetheless, I really enjoyed it. And of course, the voice really helped me because I kind of opened myself to to the audience, and I um, I kind of learned how to. How to love uh, that version of me and how to use all my powers uh, when it comes to singing and performing. So I think I'm I'm uh, on the on a great way. <laughs> now, of course, you went on to win Dora. You went on to to now get ready to represent Croatia in Rotterdam. Just talk to us about that moment when you know the votes came in and and you realized it it would be you representing Croatia this year. Well, it was very shocking, and uh, well, the feeling is, uh, of course, amazing. It's a great opportunity, not just in the context of your vision, but you know, uh, in life uh, and in you know, presenting myself as a new artist here. Because a year ago, I was just you know, <laughs> a girl next door, and now I'm representing Croatia on your vision, and that's kind of a bigger deal. And, um, you know, it was very shocking because those numbers were kind of very, uh, you know, high uh, when it comes to audience, but but also when it comes to uh, jury. So uh, that was, you know, uh, amazing feeling. And I can see how our public uh, is very, you know, interested in your vision, in your vision this year. And they they're, you know, suggesting, uh, suggesting uh you know, uh, ideas for performance and uh, ideas for maybe some uh, changes uh, in the song or outfit and, and such things. So it's great to see that they are very interesting and interested in uh, my performance and me representing Croatia. And, you know, um, it's very flattering that they are supporting me on all all levels and that they are satisfied with, with uh, you know, the fact that I'm representing Croatia. 
No, you, you said it there, you know, the, the Croatian public love your song. It's gone to, to number one on the Croatian top 100, which is fantastic. But the song TikTok is is very different to, to the music that you performed before. You you were known for performing kind of slower ballads, weren't you? That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's true. Um, well, since I was a little girl, I thought, you know, that the most powerful thing when it comes to singing and music is when you have, you know, those high notes, uh, when you're singing, you know, strong, powerful um, love songs. That was kind of, you know, uh, impressive for me. But now uh, times are changing. And so that's my taste. And uh, I kind of, um, I, I couldn't imagine myself in a fast, powerful song. I thought that I don't have guts for, for it, if you know what I mean. And I was wrong <laughs> because now uh, while I'm singing my uh, song for your vision, TikTok, I feel kind of uh, very confident. I feel strong. I feel like I'm, you know, like I'm belonging on that stage. And uh, that's, you know, the best feeling ever. And maybe uh, that feeling that I can be someone who I'm not uh, that much in my private life. I mean, I am confident because now, you know, uh, I've learned a lot and I uh, learned how to accept myself and how to accept all my advantages and flaws. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, but this is different. This version of me on the stage, you know, it really... Um, I love that version. <laughs> I think I think we all do. We we love the song. I love the song. It's definitely one of my favorites this year. One thing that people love about about TikTok is that it has some Croatian lyrics in the song. Will the Croatian lyrics be staying in Rotterdam? Of course, yes, they will. I mean, that was decision of uh, me and my team. Uh, we discussed that. We think that, you know, it's uh, the best uh, solution because um, our uh, audience here chose us uh, with that version of the song. And it would be fair, you know, if we kind of uh, stick to that because, you know, that was the, the winning version. So, uh, yeah, we will definitely keep that part. I think that's kind of a that's kind of a special part of the song. You know, when you think uh, the song cannot get any more any interesting more that part you know kind of you know uh it gives charm to the song so i think that's uh, that's the best possible version of the song You've already mentioned that, that loads of the public have been suggesting changes to the look and, and the, everything about the, the performance. How similar will your Eurovision performance be to the Dora performance? Oh, well, um, we are still in a creative process. Uh, we, we're actually, uh, we have a new uh, member of team and that is Marvin Dietman. Uh, if you know, I, I think you know who he is. So, uh, yeah, uh, he will be in charge of, um, you know, scenography and uh, scene in general. And uh, we are actually, um, we are uh, trying to kind of keep the, keep the mood of the song uh, same uh, as uh, it was on Dora. But we will kind of boost it a bit and we will kind of, um, you know, uh, we will use what we didn't have maybe in uh, uh, Andorra. 
and also we will uh, we will change the outfit, but it, the idea will stay, you know, um, pretty much same. We just want to show uh, my uh, me being spontaneous, uh, positive, uh, vibrant on stage. We just want, you know, kind of uh, give space to my charisma, and I think that was, you know. That was one thing that people really liked um, when it comes to my performance on Dora. So I think that's that's kind of uh, our uh, biggest armory. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes complete sense. Uh, there are so many good songs in Eurovision this year, of course. Are there any that you're really, really liking? I, I saw on your Instagram earlier on that you were singing uh, Hurricanes Loco Loco in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're neighbors, so you know it's uh, it's natural. Uh, and Hurricane, uh, they are very famous here um, in Croatia uh, and and on Balkan in general. Uh, and their songs are actually kind of uh, very uh, often in our clubs. So yeah, <laughs> well, uh, I really like um, you know songs in general this year. I think this year is very strong. There are uh, a lot of fast songs uh, a lot of pop songs uh which is you know uh, great because this year was in a way depressive you know with all the situation and everything so i really hope that uh this year uh, the winning song will be a positive song uh, maybe um, catchy and uh, mine for example <laughs> i'm just kidding well i'm not kidding but uh yeah i, I really like the songs uh, I like actually, um, I really like uh, Italy, even though it's not maybe my cup of tea, but the song is very good and uh, I didn't expect that from them. And also I really like France and Switzerland because they have very strong and powerful, uh, powerful songs. And even though they're not fast, I think they have, um, you know, uh, they have um, high chances uh, on Eurovision. All of you, of course, going to Rotterdam, we know that when you're not rehearsing, you're going to be spending a lot of time in your hotel. Are, are you prepared for all of the time you're spending in the hotel? What are you going to do? Are you going to take snacks or, or what are you going to do? Well, um, I told uh, the members of my team that the only problem for, for me will uh, probably be uh, food because I'm very picky when it comes to food and a little bit spoiled, I would say. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, maybe uh, uh, maybe I'll brought uh, um, maybe um, I'll bring something with me from uh, from uh, our local food. <laughs> it's quite hard to uh, actually organize uh, such a big um, event and uh, project in such terms. So I understand, and you know I can be lucky that I um, even get a chance uh, to to you know uh, to really perform on a stage in Rotterdam and you know I'm happy with that. <laughs> Very quickly what would you be happy with in in Rotterdam? Of course we all want to see your song in the grand final, we want to see you qualify from your semi-final, is that enough or, or do you want top 10? You know what would be a good well, result so for I Croatia? Always, I always dream you know big so I would really like to see my song in top 10 and I really do believe that I have chances with a good staging and you know with that moment on a stage uh but you know um for our country it will be a big success success even to you know just qualifying the finals because uh, recent years we uh, you know didn't manage to do that unfortunately so yeah uh but i'm you know i'm hoping uh, that uh, i'll be in top 10 
And, and just finally, what message have you got to, to all of our listeners? Because we, we have listeners all across Europe. They could vote for your song. What would you like to say to them? Well, actually, I heard that my song uh, is streaming in London. <laughs> so, and I've been there several times. I really uh, like uh, United Kingdom. And uh, thank you, you know, to all the fans for recognizing uh, my song, maybe me as a performer. And thank you for your support. I really hope that, you know, you will enjoy the show this year and can't wait, you know, to, to uh, go through that experience and to enjoy every second of it. And very, very last one from me, because you mentioned the snacks that you're going to be taking. What are you going to take? Give me a little insight into what snack you might take with you. Well, maybe um, a Dorina. I don't know if you heard. It's our, you know, local chocolate. <laughs> uh, maybe some uh, little ice cream. Maybe <clears throat> linolada. It's kind of our version of Nutella and it's really tasty. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that will be it, you know. <laughs> This is the Euro trip. Well, I don't know about you, Rob, but I don't think I've ever stayed in a hotel room that has a freezer in it. I didn't want to break the news to Albina that her ice cream, which probably, let's be honest, will melt between Croatia and Rotterdam. Uh, she won't be able to refreeze that by the time she gets to the hotel. Maybe she will. You know, the artists of 2021 are going to be spending an awful lot of time in their hotel rooms. So maybe they are staying in, you know, Rotterdam's creme de la creme, the A-list of Rotterdam hotels, maybe have been booked out for, for this year's contest, and maybe they get a freezer in their room. Who knows? Anyway, I'd probably rather have melted ice cream uh, than a packet of pork scratchings, but maybe we'll leave that there. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm not sure Albina would be up for a pork scratching. That's probably probably not her <laughs> not her vibe, I don't think. But uh, yeah, fantastic to have a chat to her, and we will be bringing you another of the class of 2021 here on the podcast next week. But as ever, it is time for the regular end to the show. It is the one second song. Now, there are four points on offer. We always know this. This is where I play James, or indeed, James plays me. One second, the first second of a Eurovision song. Four points on offer are, you already know this, for the country, the song title, the artist, and the year. And it is me playing the song to James to guess this week. You up for it? Certainly, yeah. Bring it on. That was sounded very confident, and I probably shouldn't have said that. Right then. Well, with that confidence in mind, for the first time, for both James and you at home, here's this week's One Second Song. Well, there was confidence beforehand, and actually, it does have a bit of familiarity about it. Really? I did not think you would say that. Oh, now I feel like I don't know what it is now you said that. Or maybe you're trying to throw me off guard. What's going on here? You're playing a game. I'm not clever enough to play a game like that, am I? Let's have another listen. Is this week's one second song. Yeah, I really think I do know this. I really do. I might slip up on the yeah, if it is what I think it is. Um, But should we just go full steam ahead? Let's go for it. And I can't tell you how, how hopeful I am that you've got this terribly wrong. Oh, okay. Well, I'll go for the year first because I think this might be wrong with this one. Well, it might not be. I'm going to go 2002. I'm going to say it is the United Kingdom. I'm going to say Jessica Garlic. And it was, in fact, the song title that I can't remember. 
it was called Come Back. Oh, is that just a lyric? I don't know. We'll say Come Back. It's probably wrong. But but yeah, I'm going to go for the three points anyway. Very interesting answer, that. Now, I've not said this for a while. James Rowe. Four points. No way. I cannot believe it. Now, previously, having told us that you didn't really know anything about Eurovision pre-2010, I thought picking something from 2002 was a very safe bet that you would get it wrong. Well, uh, listeners won't know this. Well, I hope they don't know this anyway. We did a a quiz the other night and there was a a Eurovision-based round in it where we were talking about UK representatives. And then I just found myself in a rabbit hole the day after listening to UK songs from the Eurovision Song Contest. And Jessica Garlic was one of the ones I listened to and it just sounded so familiar. Well, there we have it. Who knew that those pointless quizzes we do away from the podcast would become useful on the one second song? Anyway, let's have a listen. Here it is. Jessica Garlic, come back for the United Kingdom from 2002. We both made the same mistakes and believe me I know So Jessica Garlic there finishing a remarkable third for the United Kingdom joint third for the United Kingdom uh, with the host nation Estonia uh, that year. Jessica Garlic 111 points but uh, quite a long way behind Malta in second and Latvia in third. Now, there was a link to this week's podcast. Do you want to guess what it was? There was a link to this week's podcast in that? Yeah, it's tenuous. I mean, did Sheila Cameron mention it, even though you don't know what Sheila Cameron said? She Maybe she will do. Uh, <laughs> maybe she will do. Maybe she has. But no, it was not based on that. So 2002 saw Malta's best result ever. Uh, so they came second, as I've just mentioned. They also came second in 2005. And Malta, of course, are the favourites to win Eurovision 2021, as we heard in James's interview with Ben earlier on. Told you it was tenuous. Yeah, that is so, so tenuous. Not getting away with that ever again. Uh, anyway, should we wrap up? Maybe this is the end of this week's episode. I say maybe. I know it definitely is because we've got nothing else to bring you. No, this is it. Unfortunately, maybe you've been enjoying it that much, but you're probably actually saying fortunately because these two have been banging on more than enough. And it sounds like they've been excitable seven-year-old children on some Haribo for the last hour. That's what I'd bring. If I had to take a snack, it would be a bag of Haribo. There you go. Tangfastics? Oh, I love me a Tangfastic. Yeah, absolutely. Apart from the ones with a bit of white on the bottom. I hate those ones. Oh, no, I love them. We could share a bag. We could share a bag. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Me, you, bunk beds, London Eurovision Party 2024. (laughs) Share a Haribo. Looking forward to it already. (laughs) Oh, dear me. Well, until then. Well, not until then. Until next week's Wednesday episode, usual episode of the Eurotrip podcast. It's time for us to go. I mean, those words definitely weren't in the right order, but you know what I mean. Um, thanks very much for joining us on this uh, on this episode. Don't forget, of course, to get in touch with us uh, on Twitter or Instagram. We are at Eurotrip Podcast. And if you want in on the Eurotrips Eurovision sweepstake for 2021, uh, email us hello at Eurovision, hello at EurotripPodcast.com with your name and your Twitter username. 
absolutely please do want as many of you as possible involved in that also don't forget to go back and listen to my interview with Krista Bjortman special bonus episode that we released on Monday and yeah James said we'll be back next Wednesday I mean I don't think we're going to be here again before then with another bonus episode but I said that last week and we didn't know we were going to have Krista at that point so who knows what's going to happen between now and next week who knows? Keep an eye out on your podcast feed. Keep an eye out on Twitter and Instagram. Like I say, we are at Eurotrip We are at Eurotrip Podcast. You'll find out everything you need to know on there. Uh, but for now, from me for this week, it's goodbye. And from me, with the joy that James nearly said the word "cod past," it's goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my word, what a mess. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.